You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. <laughs> Five, four, three. Hello, everybody. This is the podcast your inner child remembers. 40 going on 14, and I am Michael. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Joseph, and welcome to 50 going on 15 with Mickey, Matt, and Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Am I I Matt? That's gold. That's gold. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. So this week, guys... Mockbusters Part One, because there's going to be more of this crap. Um, <laughs> no, there's not. Because okay, quick explanation: if you do not know what a mockbuster is, that is when a B movie comes out named really close to the movie that was a super blockbuster in the theaters. So Transformers becomes Josh Transmorphers, and then Star Wars becomes Joel Star Crash. Yes. So so then they cash their checks. And don't use any of that money on the movie. No, no, of course not. Or on any, yeah, no. I, you know, one of the things I read is that this company that made um, Transmorphers has never had a movie in in the red. They've always profited on every single one of their movies. Well, and look, I mean, the Asylum is who you're talking about, and yes. they're responsible for Sharknado franchise, which they're gonna. Oh God, can you imagine all the movies they're gonna make just on what they made off Sharknado? Well, I own the, fir- the both of them on Blu-ray special edition, so, so I mean... So this is your fault, you uh, fucker. No, this well, is I mean, it's just fault. like I said earlier, it's like, I don't enjoy these types of movies, like people like Joel and Dennis. This is 2007. Sharknado is within the last two years, so you can't blame me for that. Transmorphos is its own entity. Yes. And you know what else is its own entity? Musings of a Geek Network. Oh, look at that nice. segue. He's like been that? paying attention to Josh. That? That's am. a great segue. I, I, I'm, make, I'm making steps here. Uh, where you can segues. Yes. Where we are a member of the network, and you can go there and hear all sorts of cool podcasts like Moving the Needle Podcast, The Red Horse Radio. You can also do Media Feed, The Best of the Worst Movie, Green Up, Arkham <laughs> Social Hour, Salty Language Podcast, and The Sport Podcast, Left Field Sports Lounge. Nice. All right. I practice because much. everybody's geeky about something. Yes, and speaking of geeks, you can also find us on Geek Life Radio every Saturday at noon while you're out rappelling off a mountain and not going <laughs> to World Market for wine and coffee. And painting the room beige. I lobbed you that one. I thought that was a good lead-in, so nice yeah, way to hit you. that one out of the park, buddy. I tried. Yeah, if, if you're not a practicing extreme sport and would prefer to listen at home, you can always find our archives on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, or TalkShoe, and other fine podcasts directories and if you'd like to start a podcast of your own uh you can always use blueberry with uh affiliate code 40 go 14 for a free month of hosting very nice but don't do a show about 40 going on 14 or anything close to it or i'll cut you well we've already claimed 50 going on 15 they could maybe do 60 going on 16 i think i'd listen to that i think i'd watch that i had to give Uh them the clamps (laughs) i think that's our future and if you'd like to comment on these shows, give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. 
or you can always <laughs> or you can always uh, tweet us at fortigo14 or email us at fortigo14 at gmail.com. Or you can just yell really loudly at the clouds like Pat does. All right. Yeah. I'm just going to say the first three minutes were way too professional for us. The rest of the show is going to be a fucking train wreck. Okay. Speaking <laughs> of train wreck, let's get into voicemails. Uh, as always, we are starting with Mr. Charlie. Okay, uh, first off, if you don't like the banana run, you need to be punched in the face with a fucking toaster. Period. Banana nice. runs are the best runs. If you don't think so, you're a fucking communist. Uh, now that pleasantries are, have been ex- exchanged, um, the, the reason why baked banana tastes so different from real banana is because they were modeled after a banana that has since gone extinct after a series of droughts and, and, uh, and bug scares. Didn't we that, mention uh, this already? Them out. I think it was called the MacArthur banana. I may be mistaken, but it was modeled after that banana because it was the sweetest and, and most banana-ish flavor. And, uh, and that's why it tastes so artificial. So every time you have an artificial banana flavor in something, it's actually a super banana flavor. Uh, and it's just no longer around. So we don't associate that taste with the flavor of banana anymore because, uh, because we killed it because they're so delicious and we love them so much. Back to adequate, you dirty fucking whores. I think I said that, didn't I? Yeah, that's what I said. Thank- Somebody mentioned that already. Yeah, thank you, Charlie, for reiterating what I already said. I pay attention. <laughs> well, comrade Charlie, <laughs> fuck banana runs. <laughs> you can have them. Ugh. I have to say, I do like banana runs. Yeah, I don't have a problem with them. I No, banana, black licorice, green apple anything. These are not candies. These are torture devices. Are you one I of those guys? Black licorice, definitely. Ugh. I like black licorice too. Do you do you leave uh, the uh, pretzels in the bottom of the Chex Mix bag? Yes, yes, I do. Really? You're that bastard, huh? Hmm. I mean, I could eat just a bag of pretzels, but you're right. I, I, I no, I, I am far too snacky to uh, get fatter on inferior snacks like banana runs. You're hmm. far too snacky. Yes, I eat too many snacks. That's spelled with an I E. Yes, that's a fancy. <laughs> what? No, that a fancy snack would be S N A C K E E. Snack A. No, that's Snack A. No, that's that's Snack A. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she was on two two seven. Do we have more voicemails? Yes, we do. Let's Woo. move on. Hello, forty going on fourteen. This is Luke from Chicago. Now, bear with me. I have been listening um, with anticipation and enjoyment at Charlie's ragey out of sync voicemails. And it gets me thinking that, you know, I want to kind of figure out how to have a heavily delayed conversation with him, partially because I think it would be fun, and partially because if he goes after anybody, it's probably going to be you guys. Um, very possibly you, Pat, sorry, because he thinks for some reason that I live in Texas, um, which is very strange. But So my, my thought about how to model this interaction is that we need to consider Charlie a deep space traveler. I think it's kind of like the lag from his computer. If you kind of figure out the lag in which he's listening and then responding, it could be that he's listening right away and responding right away, but he's, you know, a few light weeks out or something, and it takes him a while to get the broadcast of the show. I'm thinking this might be the best way to sort of model this interaction so you can figure out the best way in which to have a conversation. Um, so somebody, it's been a long time since I've taken a physics class, so somebody um, somebody get right on that. Anyway, just a thought. Um, I'm going to work it out. Uh, Charlie, the postman is terrible. Uh, Lawrence Fitzgerald, butts to the relativistic front, y'all. We're getting really meta here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As Luke calls just to poke the bear and try to point him at Pat. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> this is this is going to wind up on the front of the Daily Sun. It's going to, to the, the watchtower. <laughs> to the clock tower. Not the watchtower. Wait, he's going to join a religious cult? Oh, boy. <laughs> to the watchtower. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's where Jimi Hendrix wanted us to go, anyway. All right, moving on. <clears throat> all right. Now, there is no possible way... I will ever be able to sing it like she does it. But then again, there are not too many people who have her voice or Uh-oh. her singing style. Can't wait to see where this is going. The yeah, song is... I've had stuck in my head for literally the past few weeks. Hold on a second. I'm pulling into my driveway as I speak. Well, I'm turning. You might hear the blinker. I am pulling up to the driveway alongside my wife's car, and I am parking. On the cat. Take your body, baby, do the conga. No, you can't control yourself any longer. Feel the rhythm of the music oh, getting stronger. God. Don't you fight until you try to do the conga. Beat the That's it. And then it goes on to uh, one of her other songs. But I'll save that for another week. But to the front. You know, I hear other podcasts get like phone calls of them, you know, people saying that their show is cool and stuff. I love it. <laughs> we get Nanamalas calling us to uh, sing Gloria Estefan because I hate her. Yeah, this is just not your week, Pat. <laughs> yeah, why is everybody picking on me? I don't know, but there's a bear at the door. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard about your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? <laughs> From the Watchtower, yes. Uh, oh, uh, boy. This is going to be a long if, if, I start a cult, if I start a cult, I am going to name my track the, the Clock Tower, in your I think, honor. I think what we're doing is we're we're trying to delay the inevitable what's coming. No, we know what's coming. I don't want to talk about these movies. <laughs> That's All why right. we're dragging our feet. We got one more. All right. Brace yourself. Guys, I'm not calling you today to berate you, make you think I'm crazy. You couldn't see it, but I was waving my hands in the air like I just didn't care when I was like crazy. But uh, no, I'm calling you today because of an accomplishment of mine. I did something that few people can honestly say with any degree of certainty that they have accomplished. Something that does not happen very often. And it's a, it's a rare and amazing feat. Got away with murder? And I'm proud to share with you, you guys today, that uh, I pooped on a spider. <laughs> what? Revel in it. Bask in my, my reflected glory. I just... <laughs> because I pooped on a spider. <laughs> I, I, I can only I've, imagine... I've I wrote before. Wait. Never... <clears throat> yep. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, I just have a vision of him running around the backyard with right, his okay. pants around his ankle. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> now it's over. God. You know, even knowing and loving Charlie as we do, I don't think any of us expected that sentence to end that way. No, you could have you could have oh. given a good bet on what I thought he was going to say, but pooped on a spider was definitely not in the top ten. So. Um, all I have to say to that, Charlie, is add a shit. Oh, add a shit. Oh, very nice. How do you know if he's pooped on it? Did because it, it could have run away when you weren't looking. No, I'm thinking he did it the same way that I did it on a roach. Like, you just, you know, you, you smash him with the toilet paper, throw it in the toilet, and then you poop on it. Oh, no, that's see, cheating. Uh, see, that's not catch not... it on the run? Right, yeah. No, I don't think I don't think he had his, like, pants around his ankles chasing this thing down in the yard. I wish he did. In my mind, he does. <laughs> see, in order to do <laughs> and that, his you wife standing like at the kitchen of... window going, what the hell? <laughs> You'd have to eat a lot of curry, and then you could do, like, a shotgun effect. I could see that happening. 
Or maybe it's a big spider and you just see the turd walk away afterwards. <laughs> like a tarantula? I, yes. <laughs> we, we need more information on this, Charlie. We can't be... I'm not sure we do. A turd tarantula? Yeah. <laughs> a turd tarantula. <laughs> oh, God. Please tell me it's about that time. It it's is a black a... shadow spider. Yes, it's about that time. <laughs> is that a brown recluse? Is that more <laughs> Music. Movies. And TV. And sports. All right. Remember when I said before about how the show's going to hit the rails soon? This may be it. <laughs> <clears throat> in 1978, the year Star Crash metastasized. <laughs> Is that right? Was I yeah. close? I was right. Yeah, you said it right. Okay, cool. Got the first word out of the way. Music! The top songs are Staying Alive by the Bee Gees, Baby Come Back by Player, and Randy Newman's Short People. Got no reason to live. <laughs> That's awesome. I still love this. <laughs> he's such a he's such a tool. Randy Red Newman. Red-headed lady eating on an apple. Got no reason to live. <laughs> also, I don't know. He makes songs for the people. I like that's Randy Newman. like to hear. See, no, that's, that's the people. That's Barry Manilow. <laughs> If there's anything I do, it's represent the people. <laughs> you got a friend in me. <laughs> that See, like the Bob people Dylan. love that. He's non-pretentious. That's one Except thing. the short people, people, they got no reason to leave. Who, who are you doing? <laughs> Randy Newman. That's Randy Newman? Would you rather me do Randy Jackson? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I thought you were doing the sad <laughs> dog. With what? the Dr. Teeth band. <laughs> oh, no, that's different. All right, so anyway, also, Elvis, The Legend Lives, opens at the Palace Theater in New York City on January 31st, 1978, and rolls on for 101 performances. On January 28th, 1978, Ted Nugent carves his name into an unnamed fan's arm after a concert. Yep. Starting off a long and storied history of normalcy. <laughs> Wasn't there one where he like a little odd? Where he where he like climbed to the climbed the the uh, tower of speakers and started shooting arrows into the ones on the other side of the stage. Yeah, he well every concert he shoots an arrow into one of his uh, guitars. Really, fantastic. He runs a children's camp too, you know. He also fires arrows into the children, <laughs> but only if they speak. What? So if you want to guess, what is if "Staying Alive" is the top song? What is the top movie? Saturday Night Beaver. Close. No, that's exactly right. I thought he said Saturday Night Beaver. I did. Oh. That's a book. <laughs> oh, I missed it. All right, so that's the number one movie. And in the middle of a six-week run, uh, Tim McCoy dies on January 29th, 1978. American actor, military officer, and expert in American Indian life and customs. What did he play? Anything we know of him? A whole bunch of bit parts and a whole bunch of westerns we don't know. Ah, okay. Yeah. TV. It's the... Uh, <clears throat> the 70s quad of Laverne and Shirley, Three's Company, Happy Days, and Mork and Mindy. Uh, Fantasy Island, starring Ricardo Monteblan, premieres on ABC uh, as a weekly episodic show. I love that show. In 1977 premiere, we discussed la- last week was the pilot slash movie. All right. What yeah, when I was doing the research, I was like, I thought we discussed last week. It was the pilot, you know, was yeah. the premiere of the show. So I looked up, and they did a whole movie, like a, like an hour and a half long movie as a pilot. And then a year later, they decided, why don't we make that into a show? It was pretty cool. Neat. Oh, okay, cool. <clears throat> he played a great villain in Naked Gun, Ricardo Montalban. Oh, I thought you were trying Herbie Villachez. Damn it, you beat me to it. <laughs> I think I wonder if that was actually designed to be a pilot or if it was just a movie and they're like, you know, I think there's more money in this idea. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. They they, they said, okay, well, let's make that the pilot and let's start a show. Yeah. That's cool. Look at all these B-list actors. 
Once they're done on the love boat, bring them to Fantasy Island. You know how little we have to pay Harvey Villages? <laughs> oh, we pay by the pound. Randy Newman agrees with you. <laughs> so, sports. Sure, people got no reason to live, but they can act. <laughs> Sports. The San Diego Padres trade pitcher Dave Tomlin and $125,000 to the Texas Rangers for Gaylord Perry, who goes on to win 1978 Cy Young Award. Gaylord Perry. Addie Joss and Larry McPhail elected to the, uh oh, acronym of the week, BHOF. Josh, what's your guess? Uh, Beaver Hat of Fantasia. Barino from American it, Idol? That, no, it's actually made. Yeah, it's made from the Beaver from Saturday Night Beaver. I was just about to say, is that of the yes. same Saturday Night Beaver? So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That makes sense then, because it was also 1978. Gaylord Perry. <laughs> actually, the Baseball Hall of Fame. Also, on nine, uh, January 28th, 1978, Stephen Fairley is born, and he is Betty better Betty known. He's Betty known as professional WWE wrestler Sheamus. Seamus. Yeah, Seamus. That's Irish. all you need to know, brother. All right. Seamus is a giant redheaded Irish man. No kidding. Giant. Even in the WWE, he's a giant. I'm going to look his boy up. And, he's yeah. not short. He can live a long life. God. <laughs> he is huge. Good God. Yeah, he's enormous. And transparent. Yeah, everybody always makes fun of him. They call him liquid paper and things like that. <laughs> transparent. More than meets the eye. <laughs> oh, transition. Transparent. He's an Irish dude and guy. I don't know where. <laughs> yeah, if you're a transparent, that's not what that means. Uh, so <laughs> that's not quite as good as the too hot, too cold. <laughs> <laughs> too hot, too cold. I'm young and old. Seven, <laughs> seven, do da day. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, mockbusters. Every now right. and then, somebody comes up with a great idea for a movie, and we get things like Star Wars or Transformers, kind of, and some others. <sighs> a bunch I mean, of- uh, how we're going to handle this? Obviously, these movies aren't good. Like, we're not going to be reviewing these. You know, they're shit. Yeah, there's no, there's no joke on this. We, I mean, if you're listening to this far, you've hopefully have watched. Well, I hope you haven't. Don't. I mean, do something. Watch them, maybe, kind of. Um, these are terrible, terrible movies. These are movies that are made on handy cams and made with very, very low budgets with actors before anybody knew who the hell they were. Um, but yeah, they're just straight up ripoffs of hit movies. So like E.T. had, uh, what was that one that was, there was one that was sponsored by McDonald's. Mac and me. Mac and me. So the, you know, the alien little thing and there's, you know, but But these are even worse quality than those because these are not even meant to be released in the theaters. Well, this one was the first one, Star Crash. Yeah, in fact, it, it spawned some additional <laughs> movies uh, that were similar. Believe it or not, I, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I, uh, I, oh, that makes me sad. <laughs> well, here, let's go first. The first movie we're doing is nineteen. Uh, what, what year did we say? Nineteen seventy-eight. Star Crash. Now, Star Crash is originally known uh, by some Italian words that are well listed, <laughs> not even country salari, okay. Some Italian words. dimensione. That's pretty good, yeah. Scontri stellari oltre la terza dimensione. Literally, stellar cra- clashes beyond the third dimension. Which is a cooler title, by the way. A reverderci. Well, <laughs> Thanks, a, Texas boy. It was a low-budget Italian-American 1978 science fiction film. It was also released under the English title of The Adventures of Stella Star in the United States. Not as good a title. No. But, uh... So the screenplay was written by Luigi Cosi under the pen name Louis Coates. 
uh, and Nat Washburger. <laughs> That's a bad way to. This <laughs> cheeseburger fell on the floor. Yeah, just go wash the burger. <laughs> and Cozy also directed it. The cast include Marjorie Gortner, Caroline Marino. What? Monroe. Monroe. Uh, yeah, that's Marjo Gortner, Caroline Monroe. <laughs> Thanks. Judd Hamilton. We were talking about making a drinking game. You got, you got through the through the this weekend so well. Now I you're know. just. I told you, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, not gonna make it. It's like, Don't yeah, let's let's hop. just fuck up every word and every name in the cast. The <laughs> Jude Ham- Hamilton and Christopher Plumer. <laughs> Jean de Plumere, Jos Benel, who is uh, most known for his role in Maniac and other no, horror not. films of that time. The well, last horror film. Oh, he's he's a classic actor from back then. Well, also starring, for some reason or another, Christopher Plummer got suckered into this. And David Hasselhoff was too young to know what the hell was going on. So uh, he's in it, too. Yeah, I mean, this was kind of Caroline Monroe's bread and butter. She was a B-movie scream queen lead uh, not a very good actress, but pretty decent looking. And not a naked one either. No, close enough, though. Yeah, she she was scantily clad, but she was never nude. Yeah, so it stars uh, Marjorie Gortner as Acton. No, Marjo. Marjo, sorry. Yeah, that, 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 oh. a, dude. a dude. This was a guy who looked like Greatest American Hero. Yeah, Greatest American Hero and Knight Rider. He was but, very tan. He was very He tan. looked like every badass should always look, of course. Yes. <laughs> tan with an afro? With tan and a jufro. That's exactly what they <laughs> Could you imagine getting your ass kicked by that guy? You're like, really? <laughs> well, and Acton was supposed to be, in the script, he was supposed to be a monstrous creature alien type. And Marjo Gortner showed up and refused to wear the makeup. Because he was such a heavyweight back then. Yeah, well, he got away with it and ended up uh, with his with his fro <clears throat> yeah. and a lightsaber, which nice. was the only real Star Wars bit of it I thought in the whole thing. Well, they got stellar star Christopher Plummer as the Emperor, delivering. Not to be confused with, yeah, yeah. Well, the, yeah, he's the Emperor, but uh, okay for Christopher Plummer, he delivered. This is one of those things where you have a great actor can even deliver shit lines awesomely. I, well, yeah, no, when I mean, he was on the screen, still, I felt like it was legit. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's still shit lines, but. And then uh, after Stella Star and Acton, we have Prince Simon. And he loves to do drawings. That's uh, <laughs> David Hasselhoff, Robert Tessier. Yeah. As Thor. And then Count Zartharn. <laughs> yeah, now we're down into the actors who don't even have a picture on IMDb. Yeah. Well, but Joe Spinell's not a good looking dude, so. No, he's not really. Nadia Cassini is the Queen of the Amazons. Judd Hamilton is L. And Hamilton Camp is L's voice, AKA the Redneck Robot. It's amazing. Come on, let's go, princess. It's time to go hide out. Why don't you lay down on the ground and you can touch my hand and I'll keep you warm. I'll slow your heart down so you don't die. That's pretty much. That was actually pretty good. That was was a very good impression. That was the best impression you've ever done. All right. And now nobody will appreciate it, though, because we're telling them not to watch the movie. All right. So we'll get the trivia out of the way and then we'll go into what we think of this. Uh, Caroline Monroe was originally going to wear a skimpy leather bikini outfit through the entire movie, but the American studio executives insisted that the director have her wear less provocative clothing in the second half because they thought the film would have problems being broadcast on network television. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have movie of the week feeling. And the uh, makers were highly reluctant to allow John Barry to see the film in case he decided to just up and quit. (laughs) Yes, John Barry, I mean, he is actually a pretty legit uh, composer. 
Yeah. Well, his the stuff that he has done uh, are things like Midnight Cowboy, Goldfinger, Somewhere in Time, and Dances with Wolves. So yeah. and like all of the James Bond <clears throat> films in the nineteen late nineteen sixties to the mid nineteen eighties. Yeah, you yeah. can't deny his credits at all. No, he's got he's got great skills as a conductor and putting the music <laughs> together and all that. But I don't know how the hell they got him involved. Well, they knew yeah. the movie was crap. They're like, don't let John Barry see the film. He will not want his name associated with it. Yeah. So uh, David Hasselhoff contract food poisoning during the shooting of the movie. A production assistant filled in for him in a fair share of scenes in which his character was covered by a mask. Moreover, Hasselhoff did most of his own stunts and accidentally knocked out the teeth of an Italian stuntman on his first day. So, that's right. First day you step in, you make someone your bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you establish dominance over the other inmates. Prison rules in Hollywood. (laughs) Unfortunately, he wasn't in Hollywood. He was in Italy, so he was poisoned shortly thereafter. (laughs) That's actually how that works in Italy. So, uh, New World Pictures producer Roger Corman picked up the film to see if the market was viable for a low-budget space opera, and this brought about Battle Beyond the Stars in 1980. Yeah, that was what was really interesting to me, is that Roger Corman found this like Italian space opera and was like, let's just produce it over here in the United States. And if it doesn't like crash and burn and lose a whole lot of money, I'm doing another one. Well, that one actually looks pretty damn good. Robert Vaughn, George Papard, Sybil Danning. Have you ever seen it? Oh, I know. No, we're going to do that for a different episode. Yeah, we um, no, we're not. Yeah, we are. <laughs> but Roger Corman is known and as being, you know, the guy that can put out something that is it's entertaining to a point. It's not good by any stretch, but it always makes money. This movie was good until they started speaking. It's the way that I, I look at Roger Corman. <laughs> I don't and, even think my notes on what was wrong with this movie start before they start speaking. <laughs> All right, so. Try and give you an idea about this movie. I want to give you a plot synopsis, but honest to God, I don't know what the hell was going on. I by the end of the movie, I I was sitting there going, "Wait, what All just right. happened?" <laughs> I did that line. I have no idea what. And and I was paying attention, like literally watching it very closely, trying to understand the plot. And <laughs> all right, so the best I could figure is first you have this. I have no idea. Omni- omnipotent. You know, white man fro wearing dude who's. Oh, you are getting way ahead of yourself, sir. You don't even find out he's anything special until like three quarters of the way through. Yeah, but I mean, it's like. Suddenly he's like this magnificent being. Like, what? Yeah, and then gets taken out by a sword. (laughs) By one hit on the shoulder from a sword. Oh, I cannot go on. (laughs) I must turn into a cheap sound wave and disappear. I think people can probably <laughs> fill in the blank and, and guys uh, ch- uh, chime in. I've got my notes chronologically and I think you can almost tell the plot of the movie by my notes. Awesome. Let's I go. can't wait to hear this. Because it'll, okay. it'll spark memories for me too. <laughs> okay. So Star Crash. Rip off of the Star Wars opening shot. They didn't even weather the plastic ship model and you can see molding lines. Come on, guys. Two cents of chalk. <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed that that first shot with like the spaceship coming over. I'm just looking at it. I'm. It's obvious that they just took a bunch of models from a hobby shop and glued them together and did nothing. No paint. Yeah. No nothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there was no effort made to make it look like an actual like cohesive unit. <laughs> it, you know what? Was, it, re- it reminded me of that video game cover that has like the plastic dinosaur with a rocket ship glued to his back. Yeah, think, yeah. You know what I I'm think, talking about, Josh? Anyway. I think I still saw a sticker on the side that was uh, for a Trans Am. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bunch of shitty models glued together and spray painted white. 
Yeah, and it wouldn't have even cost them anything to make it look a little better. Right. But then we go immediately into, they use a revolving turntable instead of just an open door. And then you see the guy walk up the stairs. Future technology sucks. They have a fireman pole. (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to figure out what was going on at first when, like, the... The door was just opening, and then the room was just re- – yeah, I was, I was like, is this really, like, the way they're trying to say people got around or getting around in the future? And that's the thing is, like, I could ast- I could handle the, like, okay, we're going to turn the whole space station around this room instead of just building doors. A- until you get to, we don't have elevator technology, this dude has to walk up four stairs. <laughs> because Italy. They could make a spaceship, but the elevator's got them flummoxed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they've replaced the door. Uh. <laughs> it's just so bad. Um, I have to admit, though, real quick, that L the robot, which I'm not sure why he's named after a girl, but I would love to have an action figure of that. <laughs> That's true. He, he actually looked pretty damn cool for a 1970s robot. Yes. No, he, though- he was just a man in a suit with a thing on his head. They made no effort to make him look like a robot. It was just a guy with a thing on his head. But out of all the characters, Pat, he was got to be the coolest one. <laughs> he probably was, yeah. He had lasers, he fired, that, and he could I save mean, her that life. That tells you how awful these characters were when that stupid robot, only because he was a redneck, <laughs> he was the best character. Hey. He was the best character. Hey, Pat, Pat. <laughs> oh, crap, I missed that. Well, shall we begin our search? <laughs> all right well, it'll tell you a little bit about the plot that i don't have another note until we get to wow nice prison outfit <laughs> yeah and yeah then immediately <laughs> after <laughs> I, I like the the guy the guy designing prison outfits is all like all right we'll put the guys in like long sleeve shirts and pants and the women in like a sexy leather strap outfit <laughs> yeah immediately after that my note is wait how did stella get outside yeah. They just Wait. left a door open? What just happened? Yeah, the battle started and she just like walked through, like ducked under this one area and suddenly she was just outside. Yeah, it was like everyone explains what they need to do to escape. And she's like, cool, you do that. I'll be leaving through this conveniently <laughs> open door. And everybody that's planning the escape, she just like looks at him getting shot and just goes, meh, and just goes out the door like, fuck him. <laughs> Not my uh, fault they didn't notice the open door. Yeah, exactly. They should have just walked out here like I did. Uh. <laughs> uh, how Stella got her groove back. So, yeah, <laughs> Stella ends up on her uh, plot. Now she's all, she goes from, yeah, screw you, coppers, to working for the government. Yep. yep. And my next note is Amazon Guardian statue animated by someone who has never seen a human being move. <laughs> Ray Harryhausen is awkwardly twitching in his grave. Oh, Ray, How- oh. Ray Harryhausen wasn't even dead at this point. Uh, I think, yeah. He definitely wasn't working on this movie. No, no he, this is what this, killed him, actually. This is, he was working, the time this came out, he was working on Clash of the Titans. I, the, yeah, the, the, the giant robot was a bit of, and when he threw the sword... To block off the, uh, yeah, chuck the sword to block off the way to, way to escape. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It I, was my, one of the high points. Uh, well, and they had that weird little moment with, uh, one of the random Amazons who saw L in the monitor and is like, time for my revenge. Yeah. What was that about? <laughs> 
remember that part. It's like, and then she jumps out and yells, "Die, robot!" and shoots him. <laughs> Did, I mean, where's yeah, the backstory? That, but I, didn't, I didn't really. Yeah, I wasn't. I just assumed I had missed something because I wasn't 100 percent paying attention. I gotta be honest. <laughs> I was like, whatever. <laughs> like, I was thinking of something else. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was. I was actually like working on my spreadsheets. So I was like, well, I was, <laughs> I'm watching this movie. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna devote 100 percent of my attention to this. No way. Okay, so now they're on the Amazon, and uh, the robot gets shot down, and then comes back first time. Yeah, and then the giant robot with the rivet nipples chases him out <laughs> slowly. The giant herky jerky robot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and at this yeah. point, I think they're only on the planet because this is where they believe the first of the escape pods from the initial ship where they discovered one survivor. They're basically looking at all of the planets where there are escape pods, trying to find any survivor so they can get to the bad guy's ultimate weapon and blow it up. Oh, that was part of the plot, wasn't it? I forgot. Yeah, about no, that. I thought they were trying to. I thought they went there because that was where the the, the emperor's son was. Well, they didn't know where the emperor's son was. All they no, knew they, is the guy, the guy said that he, there were three places possibly, and the first two would would already been explored, so it has to be the third one. I thought that's why they went to where they were. Well, they they were going to look at all three because they ended up going to three planets. Oh, all right. I missed that again. <laughs> he may have said that. I don't know. Once again, he my next plot He did. One, once again, my next plot note is, hey, Stella Starr got a brand new color for her bikini. <laughs> like, randomly, and I, uh, the, the uh, collar on the uh, bikini was working for me. It had a kind of Vampirella thing going. Yeah. But in one scene, it just randomly changes to a black leather collar with like metal studs. Yeah, she had a different uh, different outfit for like every every third scene. She was like Cher. <clears throat> hey, uh, Pat, this is mm. I got I pulled this one up for you. When did we establish? Like three seconds ago. You pulling Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, it's, I'm sorry. I just think that's one of the best lines. I was I was thinking of something else. <laughs> So then, anyway. like immediately after talking about Mike's uh, costume change, here we have where uh, Cozy was forced by the Americans to actually put clothes on her. So my note here is no more bikini. Collar is still hot. See, I preferred the uh, outfit when she was on the planet with all the snow. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about because they oh, still gave her the okay. cool flared out vampire collar. Yeah. And then we get to the revelation that Axton is Jesus from uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> And he's from Godspell. <laughs> yes. Uh, the boring sidekick can see into the future, absorb and redirect laser beams, heal slash defrost with his hands, and he has a lightsaber. Why do they keep leaving this guy on the ship? <laughs> I, I think the lightsaber because, was built into his body. Okay, most confusing line for the entire thing for me. I mean, com- okay, in, in a scale. If you can see into the future, why didn't you tell me this is going to happen? Because it's against the law for you to know your own destiny. Who makes these laws? Well, he does. Well, no, wouldn't you think if there's a law? I mean, this is this is pointed out by one of my daughters, by Katie. She's like, why is it a law if apparently he's the only one that can do it? Yeah. And plus, she's a smuggler. She has not been overly concerned with laws. Yeah. yeah and how many, ti- like, like how many times have... Have, we've been in situations where my life was in danger, and you're just like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen, but whatever. Like, yeah. like I knew you were going to end up in the snow and and frozen to death, and maybe you were going to come back, but you know, whatever. I can't, yeah. I can't really do anything to stop law, that. A law is a law, you know. Yeah. I, can- I, I couldn't have warned you or anything, or said, hey, this guy's no good. No, I can't do that. Because he was way too busy picking up his hair. Yeah. <laughs> and my last note here on Axton is that the GM really needed to keep keep a closer eye on his character sheet. <laughs> <laughs> 
dude did not have an even power level with the rest of the party. He was obviously <laughs> power gaming. That Yeah, that was complete <laughs> min-maxing at that point. He took low points in hair to high points in time-seeing. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine all the other player characters? You know, he pulls out a lightsaber. They're like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, who is like, this dude, yeah, I took a bunch of hindrances to account for it. Yeah. <laughs> I got a wife and kid that might end up in trouble at any time. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really susceptible to cheap swords. <laughs> One of these things is going to come up someday. It's totally fair. <laughs> and then you have the two robots. Well, okay. I actually so, thought those were badass, the, the golems. Yeah, the golems were badass, but then you only saw them at the very beginning of the movie when when uh, Ming the Merciless uh, was telling them to go get them, and then at the very end, and they haven't gone anywhere. They're still there. Yeah. Well, what else are they going to do? Well, they're just. I guess they just want. Yeah. Like, they're going to wind up here eventually. We should just go, like, go have a smoke until they show up, and then we'll go get them. Well, you saw how fast they move. They're probably on their way to get on a ship to go after them. <laughs> That's just how far they. And then they land, and you're like, ah, oh, crap! We got to get off the ship now. And if they're true golems, maybe somebody didn't put the piece of paper in their mouth with their directions. Ah, that's true. They're like, walk 10 feet. And they're like, damn it, I should have rode 30. <laughs> My next note was cracking me up because Pat had to, like, stop and... Uh, oh. <laughs> it's like, wait, stop time? I thought the magical bullshit sidekick was dead. Oh my god, the battle. <laughs> the flying, man-filled flying space penises. Oh yeah, well this <laughs> is before that. This is when Christopher Plummer shows up and says, no, yeah. I wouldn't be the emperor if I didn't have a few powers. Cast time stop. <laughs> yeah, he just like, like Imperial Starship, stop time. Like, oh, I, I just looked up, I was typing something. Here it is. I'm like, what? Pat, your exact typed words were Imperial Battleship, halt the flow of time. That's what it was. Which is much more prolific. Which is funny that you say, Mike, though, because my next note is directly talking about the battle scene. They could have just put, you know, bombs in those torpedoes instead of dudes. I know. Oh, how we would. <laughs> Time to draw straws again. I don't want to get in the tube. <laughs> like, what kind of a horrible, horrible plan is that? We're gonna put two guys in a torpedo and launch it at the ship and hope they survive. And when it, if they do, well, they're just gonna pop right up like Jack in the Box and, and just get start shot shooting. right down. Well, and yeah, some of the actors obviously like. Oh, I just got shot through a window. I must act concussed. Uh. <laughs> You know what? Because this entire movie was written by my eight-year-old nephew. That's how this movie goes. Yeah. And this, and then the the emperor shows up and he stops time. But then there's a <laughs> the battle and they've got these rockets full of men and they shoot them through the windows. And they're just and and they're like every time something happens and they don't win, they're like, aha! But there's one more thing we can do. Oh, that didn't work either. Oh. Ah, there's one more thing we can okay. do. I like. Dude, I give like him a lightsaber. The cheap Ming the Merciless yelling at the guys to go down the fire pole when there's a the stairs right behind them. <laughs> like, Future the, technology sucks. Yes. Yeah. Everybody, the elevator. That's a pole. Down the fire pole. <laughs> and the look on Christopher Plummer's face when the last of his soldiers dies. It's like, yep, knew we should have put explosives in those things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's like, whose idea was this? This is a horrible battle plan. Hey, what about the the uh, fantastic space space uh, flight by uh, what's her name when she's out in the middle of the, the stars and they're all multicolored and oh well, yeah, Stella, are, are, are you yeah. talking at the beginning, like her uh, like psychedelic 
hyperspace yeah, or what like, comes well, next? No. When she's got the space helmet on and the space suit and she's out in the stars. And- oh, okay, they, yeah. When they jump before out the we window. hit that, I got oh, one, one note right here. I suddenly come to a realization. Did Stella Star ever actually do anything? No. Because at this point, I'm looking like, wait a minute. Like, at this point, she's been rescued by, like, every other character. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Even the uh, robot. And some characters who only existed to rescue her and then die. <clears throat> And then as I'm typing this up, she gets into her, like, suicide run, the star crash of the title. It's like, okay, so she crashed a city slash ship into the bad guy blowing him up. You know what else works like that? Torpedoes with bombs in them. (laughs) Instead of people. Instead of a giant city. Or or the giant bag, the bad guy ship that looks like a giant fist. (laughs) Well, maybe they figured that it worked for Soylent Green, so maybe it worked for, like, space torpedoes. The torpedoes are people! (laughs) But then, as Joel was saying, she escapes swimming out into deep space with her diver helmet on. It's like a fishbowl, plastic fishbowl with uh, gloves that aren't attached to anything. They're not, like, sealed or in any way, shape, or form. And she's swimming amongst the multicolored Christmas light stars. Yeah. (laughs) In the deepness, deep recesses of space. And then she and David Hasselhoff make goo-goo eyes at one another because apparently he had food poisoning during the scenes where they were supposed to develop a relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Why does he look sick all the time? (laughs) <laughs> well, then L gets put back, gets destroyed. By, uh, yes. wait, as soon as they're like, oh, I got good news. I'm like, oh, don't bring that robot back. <laughs> hey, Pat, yeah, I'm back. Good friend of yours. I'm like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> the robot went down hard, though. Like when all the cavemen started jumping out. Oh, yeah. They just beat the hell out of him with those like bones. like a World Star video. Yeah. Like a, a, a what? You know, where somebody gets their ass beat outside of a Denny's parking lot. Know, like a world class hip hop video? Yeah, World yeah. Star. World Star. It's a, it's a, it's a yeah. website. Okay, now here's yeah, a question. Yeah, world class hip hop. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of. I don't know. World yeah. Star. Yes. Who, who had more star. eyeliner on, Stella Star or <laughs> Prince Simon? Who what? Who had more eyeliner on, Stella Star or Prince Simon? I think Stella's were just mainly eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, she had pretty heavy eye makeup. I did notice that. But yeah, his gonna, was a. Oh, good. David Hasselhoff uh, was towing up on a Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's I'm true. going with Count Zartharn. Yeah, yeah Zartharn. Yeah, he, he did have... The almost looking guy? But he's the bad guy. Or Robert Tessier, whose whole... Thor, whose whole head was painted green. <laughs> it was. My inevitable betrayal. Oh, yeah, that guy, that was weird. Yeah, I mean, he's the chief of police, but he suddenly decides he wants to be a prince of darkness. If for no reason at all. <laughs> because That was Italy. a little weird. Yeah, no, no foreshadowing whatsoever. Never trust anybody that's green. Hey. Well, yeah. Just saying. So, yeah, this this movie was not good. <laughs> and it only had two real things that tied in with Star Wars in any way, in my opinion. A lightsaber and the giant fist ship. At the beginning, right. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah you had that first, yeah, that first shot. I don't know. Oh, Darth so Arn. the crawl in, in Latin? Oh, that's true. Yeah. They, they also had like a pseudo Star Wars crawl at the beginning. Yeah. And she was kind of a gender-bent Han Solo kind of figure for all of, like, two seconds when she was a smuggler. <laughs> well, I mean, and I guess you're right. Zartharn 
was similar vaguely. Well, yeah, I mean, trying to make L like C3PO in the whole, oh, does that make you nervous? Does this make you nervous? Like, like she talks about how everything makes him nervous, but then after that, every single time she's like, does this make you nervous? He's like, no. Does this make you nervous? No. Like, obviously, he's not a yeah. nervous <laughs> little machine. <laughs> does this make you nervous? Where are you getting this from? <laughs> they wrote that out of the script a week ago. <laughs> well, we had we had parallels in this one to Doctor Who with uh, Acton being this time traveling, omnipotent, very calm. All the chaos is going around, and at the end, he regenerates. Yep, they're nice ripping point. stuff up for, all over the place on this one. I wish there was a story of this, some more like this was written in a hotel room over one night after somebody shredded the original script. Oh, I thought you meant like a book, like a kid's book version of it that we could actually understand. That would be amazing. I want to write Narrated it. I don't, think you, I don't think you could dumb this movie down anymore. I No, well, you couldn't, actually. I mean, it's it reaches the point where it is so bad that you think they're putting you on. You could, you could only give this movie clarity by explaining it some more. But I give it credit. It was more entertaining than the next one we'll be talking about. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what was crazy is that this movie was so low budget that most of the English actors could not dub their own lines for the American release because the uh, company would not pay to fly them to a sound studio. Wow. So, yeah, only Marjo Gortner, David Hasselhoff and uh, Christopher Plummer and Joe Spinell did their own voices. Uh, and Caroline Monroe was voiced by several different people in the dub. Hmm. I'm not surprised. No. So you guys want to take a break? I think I yeah. need to take a shower. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, gird your loins, gentlemen, because uh, we're coming back and we're going to talk about transmorphers. And I'm exactly as excited about that as I sound. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the counters mined the planet with nuclear charges. We're all about to die. You know something, my boy? I wouldn't be emperor if I didn't have some powers at my command. Imperial battleship! Halt! The flow of time! In the space of three minutes, every molecule on this planet will be immobilized. But after the third minute, the green ray loses its power. Time will flow once again, and everything will explode. Hey, folks, welcome back from wherever it is you went in the last couple seconds. Yeah, definitely longer for us. Yeah. Like these movies. <laughs> they stretch time. And for the now of the Mockbusters show, we are going to go over Transmorphers, made in 2009. <laughs> Reverse the time stream. <laughs> no, 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 you got that wrong. Oh. So, uh, Transmorphers is about a race of alien robots that we somehow contacted and they came and conquered Earth and forced humanity underground to live in giant cities. Cities with apparent cars, but everything only happens in the same three hallways. After 400 years, a small group of humans develop a plan to defeat the mechanical invaders in the ultimate battle between us. 400 years to, to, to come up with this plan, huh? Yeah, 400 years to say... That's 400 years well, well <sighs> used. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it's directed by Lee Scott, known for other shitty movies. That was uh, what I noticed in, uh, I, I mentioned on the break to you guys that I uncovered a little bit of extra trivia. Oh, yeah. Lee Scott actually went to the Roger Corman uh, uh, Concord uh, Institute. He was an uh, intern huh. well, that for makes 
Yeah, for Concord Pictures. Yes. That makes sense. Makes total sense now. Now, can I ask, as I was watching this film, did anybody else think that it read more like The Matrix than Transformers? Yeah, yeah a little bit, yeah. In the yeah. storyline? Yeah, imprisoned, enslaved by robots, and the, except there was the cool kung fu. Well, I mean, there was kind of something. There was, something, there was, there was a couple kicks. There was nothing cool in this film. <laughs> somebody, somebody, somebody kicked something. That's. I'm not saying it was cool. I'm just saying they, something was kicked at one point. Yeah, in that, in that really badly choreographed fight in the women's locker room, there was some kicking. Yes, there was There was a kick. Uh, but yeah, so um, Lee Scott, a uh, protege of Roger Corman, I guess. Yeah. Directed and wrote it. I'm shocked that they were not written and directed by different people. Alan Smithy. Could get anybody to direct. And well, all right. So <clears throat> this Matthew Wolf. The, oh, I'm just going to say these. Names. No one knows who are. <laughs> So Warren, there's Warren Mitchell. Matthew Wolf plays a dude named Warren Mitchell. Some chick named Amy Weber plays some chick named Karina Nadir. Some chick named Shaley Scott plays Zandria Lux. Oh, that, that was Crazy Eyes. See, I had my that own was, names okay. for these. Crazy Eyes? Okay, yeah. and, and I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, so Warren Mitchell was uh, Maverick McCool. Yes. You know sense. who that is. Yeah. Karina Nadir was ex-wife. Yep. Zandria Lux is Crazy Eyes. Crazy Eyes, yes. Uh, Eliza Swenson played General Van Ryberg as... Uh, Mrs. Should Have Been a Dude. Yes. General Hottie. Yes. Uh, General Hottie, who actually was supposed to be played by a man. Then they gave the, the spot to Eliza Swenson and then didn't change the script. Right. Uh, and this is like one of the few films Eliza Swenson's been in where she didn't take her top off. What? Yeah. <laughs> there he goes. Gr- you made me watch one the one movie. Oh. Transmorphers, less than meets the eye. Uh, Griff <laughs> Don't let first. it meet your eyes. Yes. Oh, t- plays Itchy. Also known as Drinking drinking Buddy. Yes. And uh, honestly, I think out of all of them, he was the best. Yes. If you if you were to put the line of shit somewhere in the sand, Itchy barely crosses that line. Michael Tower as Dr. He had a name. Dr. Velozov Elastek. What was his name, Josh, to you? Uh, doctor definitely not Russian. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Hall as Blair. I, I actually had a name for her. Oh, yeah, that's right. Blair was Chubby McPigtails. <laughs> Nice. Jeez. Aaron Stevens as Susie, who I was... didn't have a special name. No, for her. she uh, was. Wasn't she? She was the just one... the uh, announcer chick. Like uh, she sat yeah. at the con. Yeah, she was the one with the with the, with all the mascara on the green mascara eyes. No, that's not Susie. No? Susie's the. Uh, oh wait, the, see, because there were two of them that had like bad mascara. No, I think you're right. This was the like the Chekhovy one. Yeah, the one that... who kept looking into the thing and seeing the triangles. Oh, yes. That's who we're talking about yes. there. Yeah. Uh, she was also crazy eyes to me, but that, I, that's before I saw the other crazy eyes. So, uh, as we said, the trivia that we have, part of General, right, the part of General von, von Rayberg was originally written for a man, and they literally did not change the script. No, uh, uh, people calling him her sir. sir. And saying him, and saying, and it, they probably made the change. Whoever was supposed to play him probably dropped out like the day of shooting, and they were like, screw it. You got the point. You get part. And everyone's like, but I memorized these lines and just like just go with it and, i thought it was uh, like a term of endearment or a term of like they were like dissoners subtly yes sir no i th- i honestly think it's what i'm what i'm saying i think it's that they the guy dropped out and they just well, no it's, it's common in the military even if a female has a ranking office as a ranking officer ahead of you to call her sir okay that's not uncommon the whole you're sticking with the marriage plot line i mean i guess they were like well, fuck it we'll just say that you know we're being progressive well and there was at least one scene where general van ryberg was with another <clears throat> character who was male and someone referred to the two of them as gentlemen 
Yeah, <laughs> so near the beginning. So I, I, I'm go- I'm with Mike on this one. I hate to I hate to say this, but there is a connection to Firefly and all among this is that several of the scenes were shot on the same sets that Firefly was shot on. That's it. I thought you were going to say they were both filmed with cameras. <laughs> Barely. Yes. Holy crap! A wiggle cam on this one. Could he not? They couldn't afford a tripod. I guess not. They were using them in to fill in for the robots. I ended up starting my notes on this one like four seconds into the beginning of the movie. Awesome. Like Transmorphers. That escalated quickly. Yes. As in the first four seconds, 90% of the human race is dead. Yep. Cut straight to the chase. No reason for plot. No reason for reasoning. Let's just jump right into it. Giant fish eggs float across the universe and come to Earth. Mm-hmm. Kill almost everybody. But only mm-hmm. in, but only in Chicago. I, I, was there like a run on like tinted goggles? Like that's how all that was left after well, like if they shot years. it in Chicago, they probably went to American Science Circles, bought it by the gross. Oh yeah, that's my. Well, they guess. stopped at the Sunglass Hut. Yeah. yeah, everybody had goggles. That first team. First off, we start out with a, a plan to somehow destroy the, the the alien robots. And everybody's arguing. My my next note is everybody's pretty mouthy for military service in the last desperate bid for humanity survival. Yeah, they were. Everyone was shooting off their mouth to their superiors. Well. You know, I suppose if it if it's the end of it, you know, like, hey, we may get our asses kicked in this last one. You know what? Screw you. I don't <laughs> yes, know. Whatever. Sir. We don't care. You're going off to die. We're taking your bunk. <laughs> yeah, and it went all the way up to the general mouthing off to the like supreme lord commander who was also yeah just yeah okay everyone always questioned their orders yeah everyone questions their orders everyone tries to speak with even pronounced... even though that was the first rule no, that, was... that guy gave in his group don't question my orders that's what everybody did yeah. so wait that's two cheeseburgers no onions <laughs> extra pickles and everyone everyone talks like they're just remembering their lines <laughs> little by little okay so anyway they're the last stand four hundred years later in Chicago, they've discovered that magnets can do something horrible to these robots. And St. Clown Posse was right. Yeah, that's that's their whole plan. Magnets. How do they work? Magnets. So they send up a team on a last bid to discover, which one thing I don't understand is they, they give them this big plastic disc. Throw this down. It'll emit a magnetic field six feet in diameter. That's not real big. No. Significantly smaller than most of the robots. Yes. And they're just, and put it down, and their plan was, put this down and wait for a robot to walk over it. And the first team is led by a guy named Blackthorn, who is like the first decent actor we see in the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I give my whole note on this whole first thing was, Blackthorn is a pretty awesome name. If he dies, I'm rooting for the badly moduled CGI robots. Hooray, robots! Because yeah. he yeah, was they, in the first ten build, minutes and gone. Yeah, they build up all of of these characters and then they just wipe them out. Yep, and they're very much a fan of the let's focus in on your face and pretend you're looking at a giant robot. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of which, did you notice uh, whenever they're firing their guns the tip of the gun is just off camera so they don't have to pay for the effects of them shooting. I did not notice that. That's a good catch. That is cool. Well, I mean, well, there was one. There was one scene where the two women were shooting little handguns at them, and they had to put the graphics in. They didn't even bother ever trying to like match up the laser. (laughs) No, no. They didn't bother trying to match up the laser laser blast with when they were pulling the triggers. Nothing. It was just no. The one girl kept pulling the trigger even after there was nothing coming out anymore. Exactly. She's still pulling the trigger. There's no lasers coming out. (laughs) No wonder we got our asses kicked. Yep. Our guns are awful. So. Yeah. Then we get to the introduction of our main character. Wait, there was a main character? Yeah. Warren Mitchell. Yeah. Mitchell. Fifth he's grade. He's a rogue. A wild card. A maverick. He's too dangerous. He's out of control. Or he's a fifth grade history teacher. One of the two. Yeah. Or so he's they, a robot. Or they freeze him. Yeah. Wait for it. Yeah. They freeze him. They bring him. Okay. Okay. Another thing is watch out for the brain scans. 
first that that kid that automatically start hemorrhaging from his nose, and then apparently the robots can brain scan you and make your make your nose bleed, and then you're useless. And then they can track you, I guess. I don't know. That wasn't very well explained. If they can get close enough to brain scan you, then they assume that they know that there's a brain, so then they know you're there. Okay, we'll run with that. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's nothing else to hold on to. So Warren Mitchell is a rebel, a rogue. He uh, was put in... He's a reb scallion, damn it. Yes. And Debbie, I'm a rebel. I'm a loner. Frozen for a hundred <laughs> years. So that yeah, he was... Because well, five he... Years. he was supposed to be frozen for a hundred. He only got frozen for five. Yeah. So they untreat. Time off for no behavior. Pay attention to the story, Mike. <sighs> <laughs> Sorry. So he gets he gets unfrozen and then immediately starts making demands that he wants his itchy. So they have to unfreeze Griff first, which <laughs> they should have done him first. And then oh, you've got it. the character, before we get to Crazy Eyes, who first suggests the uh, notion of uh, resurrecting Mitchell. And I just couldn't get over her makeup. My note here is they need to give angry McPiercings more makeup around her eyes or less. She looks bruised. It's good to know that 400 years after the robot apocalypse, we still have mascara. Apparently it's in surplus. Apparently that's all they found. They went under, they burrowed underground directly into Ulta's storehouse. I guess so. Because <laughs> no, almost... Our guns are shit, but we can look at all this mascara. That chick with the pierced eyebrows, like, they they half did the, like, Todd McFarlane uh, Shadowrun-ish era, like, where you've got the black straight lines, like, across the eyes. Yeah. That, they but they didn't did. commit to it. Yeah, they gave up, like, right across the bridge of the nose. They right. just gave her boxes, not rectangles. Right. And it just looked like she'd been smacked around a little. How about that radar? The little radar scope? Oh, I thought you got met the guy from MASH. No, he was he was <laughs> awesome and had nothing to do with this movie. The radar sucked this one. So they unfreeze Math, uh, not Matthew Wolf. Why didn't they just stick with his real name? Matthew Wolf is much better than Warren Mitchell. That's true. <clears throat> yeah. Because then it would have been like an autobiography. The story of Matthew. Yeah, definitely more of a hero name. I hear Warren Mitchell and I'm thinking he's a billionaire capitalist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's on Capitol Hill. So Warren Mitchell, apparently there was some sort of thing going on between Karina Nadir and General Van Wright that there was some sort of love triangle going on there. Yes. Right. And then Warren Mitchell led a group to try to depose the existing government for not being fighty enough. Yes. You're not fighting enough. So then he gets a bunch of volunteers, which was one of my favorite scenes. Cadet. Yes, sir. Punch me. What? <laughs> Like <laughs> hesitation will cause you to, you know, cause you to die, you know. And then the other guy walks forward. This cadet, step forward. He's ready for it. And then he, Warren Mitchell punches him straight in the dick. Right. Oh, where else are they gonna punch him? He's like, I said to hit me. You missed. Fuck you too. <laughs> I'm going to kick all of your asses except for the one girl who bitch left me. Dick right. Punch. So, and the whole time, Itchy stands and laughs and searches out smokes. And scratchy. Yeah. I, I'm trying to come up with, I mean, okay, so now where are we? We're, we're about to meet Dr. Borislav, who might be the least Russian actor I've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> That's actually my note. Well, it's played by Michael Tower. What else has he done? He, show, he shows up. He's like, <laughs> he looks like a Samoan man from Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, oh, he's done something called 30,000 Leagues Under the Sea <laughs> and Invasion of the Pod People. And uh, in 2013, he did something called Masters of Sex. Oh, that's a TV show. Yeah, that's a TV yep. show. Really? He that's plays someone called, oh, called something called Doug. Yeah, it looks oh. like he's a minor character in that. But he also did Super Croc, Dracula's Curse. So B-movies look like they're his stock and trade. Yeah. And unsurprisingly, he has never before or since played a Russian. Hmm. Or ever will again. But he has Some a... say he didn't really play a Russian here. I was no. going more for an American Russian. <laughs> well, he's got his... White Greek, his, Russian. 
uh, mute uh, robot girlfriend. Who little was apparently wearing a silver swimsuit? At first, and had white hair, and then she turned into a redhead. Yeah, they just changed the heads. Oh. That's how that works. Oh. Oh. Neat. <laughs> only. So. It just, how far, it just kept going. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I want the, the Star Crash was awful, but there was some, I, I, I hate to say it like this, there was some sort of heart behind it. Well, and it I mean, was there was a plot. There was like, a plot this starts meandering at about this point. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, now you have six different things all happening at once that have absolutely nothing to do with each other. You have characters being introduced that are key to the plot line that have you don't know about, and... I have to say, uh, between the two movies, Star Crash had better effects. Yes. Yeah, that's probably true. For, especially considering the time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they assemble the team by this point. And my note here is, we got Crazy Eyes, Chubby McPigtails, Generic Drinking Buddy, and the Ex-Wife. Crack Commandos. <laughs> yes. Yep. Rooting for the robots. <laughs> yep. And there was a whole lot of robots for them to be fighting. Well, the robots never did anything, though. I mean, like they like when you had that line of robots approaching the city, it was like almost like Monty Python and the Holy Grail, where they're looking at their sea and uh, get Prince Gallant uh, running up the hill with the, with the two right. guards at the door. It's like no matter what scene, oh, the robots are, there's too many of them. They cut back to the same scene where the robots walk up to the same building again. So Then you have the revelation. Yes. That, well, uh, no, no, not that look, revelation. Well, I want to say real quick, <clears throat> in that first battle, they're all like talking about, you know, oh, we don't even know if our guns are going to work on them, blah, 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 you know, and they're all like, you know, oh, this is a death mission. <clears throat> and they show up and they start shooting and they shoot these robots down so easily. I'm like, what are they worried about? Yeah, what took the, them 400 years to figure this out? The electric exactly. whip gun that they had, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool, yeah. yeah. Wrong song. But they had, they, so first off, nobody dies. They get attacked by the robots and nobody gets killed. And then we cut back to the base and General Hottie is crying. My note here is, there's no crying in post-apocalyptic robot war. <laughs> I think she I forgot must have forgot she, a line. Why was she crying? She was crying because she was sad about her wife. Oh, that's right. Oh, she was sad because she's in the movie. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> So she's sad that she's in the movie. Then they cut back to the revelation that there's actually organic matter inside the robots. Yeah. Oh, but you never get to see it. All you see is a bunch of uh, wet trash bags that have been spray painted pink. And cotton yes. candy. Cotton candy, yes. You don't and and then we it. have the baffling bit where ex-wife just puts on a robot jack pat and flies away. Well, why not? Well, no, didn't somebody get picked up? Well, yeah. Yeah, uh, Fatty McPigtails yeah. got picked up by a robot and flown away, and she steals a jetpack from a robot that for some reason or another has shoulders straps. Yes, and controls <laughs> that a human could operate instead of just plugging into a robot's back. Yeah, and she takes off. Uh, very quickly, she disappeared rather fast. <laughs> yes. And then you cut back, and they're trying to... What, what were they doing with the... They were trying to log something it's into the battery? Were they autopsy, do the autopsy on the robot? Well, yeah, they were trying to put some sort of virus into the uh, power source, because the power source was networked to all of them. So if yeah. they could corrupt the power source, it would stop all of them. Yeah, and the, but you couldn't corrupt power source. You couldn't do it if the robot actually died, because if it died, then the power source turns off. Yes. And it breaks connection. Unless, of course, you need it to not break connection because plot. So they use <laughs> the electric screwdriver with no battery in it to try and remove the power cell from the robot without killing it. Yes. And they fail. They use, yeah, use a hand. Did you see that, Patrick, where they're using the hand drill with no battery? No. Yeah. yeah. I, I must have cut out right before that. <laughs> you, had, you had slipped into a coma at that point, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was after the fighting McChickerson thing. So, and then you meet, wait, did you meet the 
the we've already met the sex bot. We've met the sex bot, and it's mm-hmm. right before the big scene with the tower, which I yeah. just have a note that says, wait a minute, is that the building robot from Big? It looked like uh, it, didn't it? Who wants oh. to play with the building that turns into a robot? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> but no, no, then you have the big mystery of she's not the first one I've ever built. Oh, oh, spooky. Yes, he's not the first one ever. And the man, they said it like three times. So. And then random, like, for some reason, he's the only man that the robots can't scan. Yep. As Joel said, Hero Maverick Rogue McWildcard is a robot. Yes. No one he, saw that coming. Nope. Because they pulled it out of their ass at the very way they realized they'd written themselves. I've got a twist. Let's, let's toss in that Warren Mitchell. You mean Matthew Wolf? No, Warren Mitchell is a robot. And you don't really, all you hear is that one guy goes over and it sounds like he's giving her a robotic handy. Yeah. It was weird, too, because, like, the power source had already, like, died because the robot was dead, so they'd established that the plan was screwed. And it's like, unless we plug it into you. Dun, dun, dun. And he he takes this information pretty easily, actually. I mean, he's sad for about a minute, and then he's like, all right, well, you know, cool, let's keep fighting. And they're like, no, we can really download you so you can keep living. He's like, no, no, not really. This movie sucks. (laughs) 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 I wouldn't be out of this universe. (laughs) (laughs) So that 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 was the big reveal that Warren Mitchell was actually a robot. Who oh. did not? Who had a suicide pact? Apparently, yes. who he who uh general uh Doctor von not Russian um programmed too well. <laughs> von not Russian. <laughs> yeah, Doctor von not Russian. Um, he he. I programmed you too well. I programmed you too human. I programmed you to love. <laughs> I was planning to make you a robot to kill the evil robots, but I programmed you to love instead, which is why you fell in love with the general's girlfriend and then wound up getting frozen sir yeah yeah you guys got a lot more out of it than i did i i I didn't catch any of this plot well like the next 20 minutes is just hot cgi on cgi action (laughs) not even Uh. it's the same cgi over and over and over again that's (laughs) what it is here we go we can't hold them off and okay when when uh general von not a man is running around on the back of that flatbed truck and she's a man general hottie yeah general hottie i call her general general von uh, general von not a man um so ever the four guys that she have that she's got behind her. Do you watch those guys at all? Because they're like, it's like the director, what's his name? So Lee Scott says, okay, pretend that giant robots are going to come out of the sky at any moment and they're just running around like, oh, quick, run over here. Now I'm going to duck under the truck. Now I'm going to jump over here. <laughs> now I'm going to climb up on top of the truck. Now I'm going to point in the sky. Now I'm going to run under the truck. It's like, there's like, I mean, the they ha- they're so handed up. It was awesome. It's hard to believe that these people are supposed to be like professional soldiers. Well, it's hard to believe that after 400 years, these are the people that wind up surviving the killer robots. Yeah. I also love that they didn't pay to actually give General Hottie a prop for her communications device, so she just talks into her sleeve. No, everybody had that. Remember? Everybody talked yeah. about that. Because that's, that's exactly what you want to do if you're in the mad- middle of uh, mad- metal? Middle? Mad- middle. In the middle of, middle of a battle. Middle of a battle or a firefight. It's take your hand off your gun to put your wrist up your face. Right. That's a battle. So, and I, folks, I really wish we, and it sounds like we're just not researched on this, but no, this movie is so incredibly bad that we're just, I mean, you can't, we're trying to come up with something about this play. And for like, it's hard to watch. For like 10 minutes straight, I don't know if you guys noticed the expression on the general's face, but she, I wasn't sure what was going on there. She kind of like had her eyes half lit and her mouth open. She was looking at the sky. I wasn't sure if she was like about to sneeze or preparing to oh. take a robot money shot that like, that was <laughs> weird that was when she had and it wasn't even at i mean i would initially have thought it was like a hey, thank god we survived the battle but it happened in the middle of the battle right and she just kept making that face 
better. So then we get to the ending, and I, I, I got a note about the ending. It's like, wait, the hero looks a lot like Bono with those glasses. So the plan involves a Robo Bono suicide bomber. I'm rooting for the humans again. I approve of this plan. <laughs> Well, and then he doesn't, and then he gets inside the outhouse and the blue, the, with the blue door. Yeah. And, and in, inside the outhouse. Ah. Yeah. No, he gets in the, they, are they in the big building? Yeah, they're in the tower because uh, he was the only one that could go past the death hallway That's because right. the guns shot at anybody who had like human parts ineffectually. Yeah, and that's because Dr. Von Nutterrush took off one of his cufflinks, threw those down the hallway, and said, oh, obviously it doesn't only picks up biological matter because it didn't shoot at my cufflink. And nobody else goes, well, maybe your cufflink just was so fucking small. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just looking for human-sized things. But they buy right. that. So uh, so that they run down the hallway, he runs down the hallway, and gets inside of a big blue outhouse. I wish I was joking about this. And it has, like, uh, like gas or something? I was just <laughs> glad that beyond the blue door, like there wasn't Dutch some oven. weird anime twist where there was like another guy in there who would explain that he'd been there all along and the robots were their friends or anything because I saw it coming. Ooh, you were expecting a full-on Matrix? Yeah, and I was just really glad that that didn't happen. That we didn't get the corny anime ending as soon as he walked through the blue door. He just pretty much like had a giant orgasm and died. But he <laughs> didn't die. He came out. Did he die? Well, he came out and then fell over and died. Oh, he did? Yeah. Yeah, he looks at ex-wife and like smiles one last time and she cries and then he dies. Oh, I'm sorry. I pulled a Drax there. I was thinking thinking of something else. Yeah. I know. We were all really broken up about it. Yeah. So he dies. General Von Nottaman and ex-wife get back together. Oh, what about the jet cars? The jet motorcycles? Oh, yeah. Like Crazy Eyes uh, flying air support squad. Yeah. Were they were they all the, they had the CGI, the jets flying on the outside. And then for them being in the po- cockpit, they just basically sat in a lawn chair surrounded by some, <laughs> some uh, pool noodles. Yeah. <laughs> And they then did the I'm flying a jet bounce and the amazing rain effect that they had was oh a stellar yeah well at least in this one you did occasionally see the transmorphers transmorph into things like <laughs> not cars but like tanks and big guns a gun for a head yeah rain effects done by Microsoft Paint. Uh, but, yeah. And so then they're, they get flown over to the giant ship. Then they get flown over the building inside of a storage container and dr- that they get three quarters of the way there and nobody notices that there's four giant hover bikes floating right next to them. Yeah. They conveniently notice that at the very end, jump out of the back. Then you discover that the sex bot is a dead shot with the pistol. Yeah, this was just a mess. Yeah, I, I want to have, you know... Normally, you know, we'll do movies that are bad, and this is a bad movie, but it's not bad as in, like, like Son-in-Law bad. Son-in-Law bad, you can laugh at it and go, or like, like Biodome. I don't know why I'm going to Pauly Shore movies for this. <laughs> Son-in-Law is fun. Biodome is bad. No, I mean, but see, even Biodome is a terrible movie. Yeah, it is. But yeah. you can still go, this is stupid. I mean, there is a point A to point B. They put these idiots in a Biodome, but shit happens, they get out of the Biodome. Buddy. This one is so r- randomly again it, this is like a, 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 an eight-year-old again except this eight-year-old has less vocabulary than the previous eight-year-old well yeah and it's like i don't know nothing followed any sort of cause and effect it was just like we're gonna do a bunch of stuff and then we're gonna do more stuff and then we're gonna do more stuff and then the robots die and we're done mm-hmm. but only in chicago i just don't understand why these movies even get made honestly because it's like 
there's so many other movies out there to watch. Why would anybody waste their time watching a movie like this? I mean, it's it's an hour and a half, two hours of your life that you're just not going to get back, and you're not going to get anything entertaining out of it. Why even make this movie? I don't I don't understand it. Well, I mean, there is a there's a quote about this film and films like it that talks about the public has a desire to see cheap versions of what they've seen elsewhere, and the asylum the asylum and filmmakers like it are out there finding ways to exploit that desire. Yep. Who are these people, though? I mean, <laughs> definitely who not wants us. To watch this movie. I don't know anybody anybody that would want to watch this movie. I feel bad for making all of us watch this movie. No, you should. I do. I feel terrible. <laughs> I mean, but I'm looking at. I looked up uh, the Asylum, who's the, who are the makers of Transmorphers and Transmorphers Two, uh, and Alan, Alan Quatermain and the Temple of Skulls. But their first movie was something called Belly Fruit. They also did Snakes on a Train. Yeah, The Da Vinci Treasure, Pirates of Treasure Island. I mean, it's not that difficult or expensive to get a hold of the actual movies. So why would you watch this is what I just don't get. I, I wish I had an answer for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I th- it, think it these are sense. definitely there's some part of it where they want to get people's morbid curiosity when they're like, well, how bad could it really be after all people worked on it? And then there's going to be some percentage of like grandma sees this for $2 at the video store and is confused, but it's cheaper. So she buys it for somebody for Christmas. Yep. Box office budget, $250,000. Where yeah. did the money go? The poster. Yeah. And I went to a good. It, uh, okay. Got to give him that. That was it's a cool poster. Yeah. 85 minutes. And I'm sure that all of these movies made money because $250,000 is nothing. No, they they all do make money. That's the thing about these because they, they cash in on the morbid curiosity and the grandma factor so much that these movies always, they, from what I've understood, is that Asylum has never had a movie in the red. They've always made money on them. And they go yeah. ahead and make another one, like Transmorphers 2, starring Bruce Boxlander. Oh, that makes me sad. That makes me really sad, too. Transmorphers, The Fall of Man. Well, I we talked about maybe revisiting this topic as like part of a series, and I think we've all talked ourselves out of yeah, I think ever returning to this. I have no desire. None. Ah, This was the most painful show so far. It was. I mean, yeah. A little hard to watch. But. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I can, I can see a lot of like bad sci-fi. I enjoy bad movies, but these were worse than bad. They were dull. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Because what I mean, we used to go to the uh, go to the video store when we were in college, and we would pick up stuff like Dangerous Toys, Full Moon Video. We got Dangerous Toys. We would get uh, Doll Man. We would get uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones. Joel, help me out here. Uh, Toys. Puppet Master. Puppet Master. Yeah, Puppet Master. Those were bad movies, but they were at least you know you have the little puppets spitting leeches on people. Yeah, they were entertaining. Yeah, they were entertaining. They were terrible. Yeah, they were. They were horrible, but they were they were entertaining. This wasn't even entertaining. This was terrible. This mockbuster thing is. I mean, it is a full on blatant cash in because they know that once the kid gets it for Christmas and the kid will go oh well shit I wanted Transformers I got Transmorphers but well I mean how bad could it be then they open the box and they put it in they get half an hour into it then they start crying and everybody's mad at grandma because she gets the wrong thing but the store and the company still get their 20 bucks because you can't return a video once you've opened it yeah there you go there's their whole you want to know how they make the money Pat there it is no returns on open videos yeah it is I mean people shouldn't buy this shit yes we watched these movies so you don't have to yeah I mean please if there's someone out there who's listening 
listening who's a fan of these uh, mockbusters, please call in and explain yourself. Please, please go play in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like this Matthew Wolf dude, the guy who played uh, Gruffy McCarroll person. He's oh no, I got excited. He was he does he does a lot of voiceovers, and I said, oh wow, he was in the girl with the dragon tattoo as tech clerk. Okay, well there you go. Uh yeah, and I mean some of these people had some small amount of acting skill, but I they had no script to work with. Yeah, well I mean okay, so Thor: Tales of Asgard. What is that? It's a video. Is that actually decent? Yeah, it's actually Marvel. It's a Marvel cartoon. One of the Marvel cartoons. He voices Thor. So I suppose if you give him some real script, you know you can actually get something out of him, so you don't have to look at him. Yeah. All right, now I'm depressed. What are we doing next week? Uh, next week, uh, this should brighten your day, Mike. We're talking about sports. Yeah. <laughs> sports. Great. <laughs> yeah, sports. Uh, next uh, week, we're going to do Super Bowl Sunday, the game, the parties, the commercials. Uh, you guys will probably be listening to this show right after the Super Bowl, but uh, we are going to have to actually watch the game before we can talk about it. So uh, the, our Super Bowl show should come out about one week after Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, just because it's, you know, Super Bowl's on Sunday and we release on Sunday would mean that I would probably have to edit the show right after we talked about While it. While we're recording which, it. Which means, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, would be a, which would be even more of a train wreck than this show. So... <laughs> Uh, so if you'd like to listen to our previous train wrecks, you, <laughs> uh, you can always check us out at iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, or Talk Show. Yep. And uh, if you want to give us a call, go to 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. And wait, there's more. This is just the best show to mention this on, this on too. The podcast awards are out. That's true. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. Uh, podcast awards. Is it podcastawards.com? Yes. Podcastawards.com. Go to the uh, 10th annual podcast award show. They are going to be uh, presented by NMX uh, and NAB Show over in Las Vegas. You have until February 6th to nominate us for something. Yeah, I give, two years ago when we first started the show, I believe we were nominated for, I, I don't uh, remember the category, whether it was a new podcast or whether it was People's Choice. Yeah, one of, the, yeah, one of those. I maybe, don't remember now. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I, we didn't get enough nominations to be in the wider uh, vote, uh, set of categories where people would end up voting on us, but we did get the nod. And uh, with your help, hey, you never know. No, we could be up there. Uh, yep. So, yeah, if you enjoy the the show, the best way to support it is to help others find it. Yes. And uh, word of mouth is always the best way to try to uh, do that for a podcast. So if you like us, let other people know about us. And uh, we appreciate it a lot because we, we do this out of initially just for fun and still just yeah. for fun. Yeah. So. so if you happen to listen on iTunes, you can always give us a review, give us a rating, subscribe to our RSS feed or us on iTunes however you listen to the show any of these things help yep so uh got until what did i say it's february 6th is when nominations close uh for the podcast awards yep so please get out there i know we're a little late on this because it's gonna come out fast but we like you guys thank you for <laughs> listening good night folks good night yay you are now leaving the world of musings of a geek podcast network stay geeky my friends just getting the old man warmed up <laughs> There's never been such a big disconnect between the amount of information available and the amount of information known, is all I'm saying. No, I agree Said every middle-aged man since ancient Greece. Shut your head, <laughs> you fucker.